I'm more go with the flow now than I was in my 20s. But I think it's very important to uh, be, to have self-knowledge, to be self-aware. So it's Mm -hmm. not just like you're, you're going through life and not feeling all the emotions, not feeling all the vulnerabilities, all the pain. Um, I think it's important to, to know your insecurities, to, to know your um, weaknesses. Hi, everyone. It's Tani, and you're listening to the Agenda Bachanda podcast. We have an incredible show today with Raya Makarim, Indonesia's own internationally acclaimed scriptwriter. Raya and I, we go way back, way back. Today, she's sharing with us some of our personal history, as well as her viewpoints about what it's like to be in the film industry or not to be in it, according to her. Well, you guys have a listen. Without further ado, I present to you Raya Makarim. She is a person who needs no introduction, and she is my dear friend Raya Makarim. I wanted to introduce her as a screenwriter, and unfortunately, I'm told that she doesn't have a career in the film industry, even though her IMDb says otherwise. So I don't know. This is kind of interesting that you have that response or that reaction when I wanted to say to you, I want to talk to you on the podcast about your career in the film industry. And you said you have no career in the film industry. I feel like even that I'm the age that I am, there is a non-seriousness or like a free spiritness of me that I can't talk things in sort of corporate jargon, like career or industry. Mm -hmm. I love what I do always loved what I do. So I think I'm very fortunate because not a lot of people is privileged like that or fortunate like that. Um, Tell people what you do. I'm a script writer, predominantly a script writer. I mean, I produce some things, but I, 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 I am mainly a script writer. So I love what I do. I do what I love. When you say career, it sort of puts the pressure of like, oh, how many films do you do in a year? And I was like, well, right. Last film was 2019, and then before that, it was 10 years before that that I did another film. So when you say career, it puts like this pressure on the whole thing. I'd like to point out here, it spanned longer than 10 years ago. It was more like 20 years ago because the reason why I know this, and this is part of our personal history going far back, and without uh, really blowing how old uh, we are, is that 20 years ago, exactly uh, years on ago. my honeymoon, yeah, on my honeymoon, I went to Bromo and I saw Raya on the set of Pasir Berbisik. Dian Sastro was a, a young baby back then. And that was one of your first films. If not, that was your first film, right? It was. That's right. And what's crazy about it is like I was watching Mola TV and there's Mola movies and Pasir Berbisek was on there. And I was like, oh, I was like, Pasir Berbisek, I haven't even thought about that film in what, 20 years. It was on my honeymoon and we had a, a picnic basket full of cheese, crackers and like uh, fashion magazines, Cosmos, Vogue's and whatnot. And we gave champagne. that all to you and we had champagne. and champagne. And so we had a lovely day um, in um, the Bromo set of Pasir Berbisik. And you're so funny because the one thing that you said was, uh, oh, my God, any uh, the food 
uh, buffet here is always rice all the time. I need crackers and cheese like this. Gue mukanya aja yang kayak orang Indonesia, tapi selera makan gue bule. <laughs> Perhatikan ya. Let's let's give Perhatikan. it some, let's give it some context. This is the first time I've been on set ever. And I asked the producers, look, I want to see what a film set is like. We're talking about ini tahun 2000 ya. And I was like, yeah. uh, I, I need to be on set. I need to see what filmmaking is all about. Um, okay. So the producers were you know, clever enough to say, well, if you're not working, it will make no sense. So you got if you're going to be yeah. on set, you've, you've got to have a job. I was like, fantastic, great. So I was given a job as, um, because I was a script writer on that, on that film. They gave me a job. as script continuity. I had no idea what that meant, you know, but the description is to make sure that from shot to shot, there's a continuity. So if you were holding your hat this way, you have to make sure in the next shot, okay. you're shooting it the next day, you're holding it still in the right way and not on the other way. Or if you're, okay. things like that. Of course, I have no idea how to do this. So I think after Three or four days, the line producer, Tino Sarongalo, may rest in peace. He's like, hey, Rai, let's go to Jogja. Let me buy you a burger. And I was like, oh, my God, thank God. Uh, <laughs> and I was so happy because, as I told you, this is the first time because we have very long days from four o'clock in the morning to maybe eight o'clock at night. And so at four o'clock in the morning, the first thing that you, you see in the buffet, it's like all rice. So it's rice in the morning, rice uh, for... For lunch, rice for dinner. So there was a lot of carbs. Not that I, we cared about carbs at that age. Boston. I was very happy that Tino wanted to take me to Jogja for a burger. But what I did not know that that was a letting down gently. It was like a, it was a gentle firing <laughs> of me as script continuity. And he said, mm. "You are basically not very talented in this department." And I was like, "Please." Oh, <laughs> my burger's like, "What?" <laughs> But I guess he felt bad. He's like, we'll, we'll just make you assistant director three, which doesn't exist in the film industry. Assistant director, you, really, you usually have one or two. <laughs> the third one is sort of like, let's just give this girl a title and like, you know, fine. That's what I did. Um, and it was, it was a lot of work. It was fun work, but it, it was really film work. Mm-hmm. But I think you came after a month. And when you mm-hmm. said like champagne, crackers, ratatouille. I was like, bye. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just going to disappear. I told like the first assistant director, second assistant director, like I'm just going to disappear for half an hour. Like I'm going to go. And I remember seeing you, both of you, and being so happy, being so grateful that you were feeding me <laughs> on your anniversary and on, on your uh, honeymoon trip. And I right. think I came back on set like a little bit tipsy. And happy. I was like, hey guys. So apart from being the caterer, the sound guy, and an actress on a movie, you've done you've done it all. <laughs> oh, I bring food right. sometimes. You bring okay. So catering done. Done. Okay. Done. I, I've done. I've okay. done cameos. You've done cameos. Yeah. So have you done sound? No, I haven't done. Okay. Sound. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing left that you yeah. haven't done. <laughs> Yeah, but not properly. I mean, uh, cameo was like uh, terrible. It was terrible. I'm, I'm a horrible actress. Horrible. 
Oh yeah. Is it because you're surprised at like the lines that you have to say or what's, what's going on? No, it wasn't even, it wasn't even lines. It was like, just, it was just a shot of my face. And I was like, wow, that was just really bad. But I'm on, but you're not, you're not watching yourself as like a a feedback, right? After I saw it and I was like, can we just delete the scene? I don't need to be in the scene. So you've done it all then, you know, so you're, you should be worried of nothing. (laughs) In front of the camera, (laughs) behind the camera. Yeah. <laughs> so you've done it all. Yeah. Okay. So, in particular for the Janda Bachanda followers and listeners, it's a lot that I like to share with them. People from different paths of, of careers, you know, different kinds of industries. But in your particular case, it's a, a creative one. And what I liked about your first story about your first job is that you had the desire to learn and you wanted to see firsthand and you were fortunate enough to have the experience to work on a movie set. So that was, hey, man, that's about as good as that's going to get, right? Like most people, you know, who go to film school may not even end up getting a a job on on a film set. So that's about as good as it gets. So your school of hard knocks is, I think, has um, paid off in droves there. So one is the the direct experience. And second is the courage that you had to just say, yeah, you know, I'm going to try it out. And you also had the unpleasant experience after four days of being fired from your initial job. But you were sparky enough that you had, um, yeah, that you got another job on the spot. Most people get fired and then stay go fired. <laughs> Pack and go home. <laughs> yeah. You're fired. Pack your bags. No, no. You'd be lucky, like, if you get the nasi bungkus that yeah. day, like, you know. for your replacement. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> you know, but luckily you even got burger treat and you got a new job so and then multiple film festivals later you know here you are in the not film industry (laughs) 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 so maybe it's time to for you to start being in something else I don't know is that something that you want to stay in like as you did you did say that you love what you do so is that something that you want to continue on doing for as long as you can even if I didn't like what I do I have no other skill, I feel, you know, I mean, like, <laughs> what would I do? Like, oh, during COVID, you know, pay, oh, I just like, I don't cook, you know, I don't make anything. When we go to birthdays or dinners, you know, people like, mm-hmm. oh, I made you a cake. Or I made you this. I was like, I can make you a screenplay. I just bring other people's food. You'd be a great um, event organizer. Yes, I'm quite organized. I'm quite so, organized. You'd be good at that. That's a skill that most people don't understand in terms of the level of coordinations for the logistics of Yeah, things. we're talking about events. We're talking about like 10 people at a dinner. That's about it. That's as far as an event as I can do well organizing. Well, okay. I guess if they start paying you for that, then you can uh, start doing it. People should start paying me for wedding speeches. Ah, yes. I've you gave a speech in our wedding. I, so, I've been yes. told I'm a good wedding speech and a good officiant. That's right. So, That's um, right. I've done it and enough times that I think like, like, you know, this could be my second career. There you go. So during Zoom time, you can even host the weddings from your living room from yes. right here. <laughs> In my duster, in my duster, dearly beloved. I know. Well, 
You can MC a wedding, you know, be done in 45 minutes. It's fantastic. I don't know about MCing, but officiating and, and giving a speech, I can do. Yeah, but I mean, you could do it. Those are actual jobs that people hire for weddings. So yeah, you can definitely do that. So if things went bad in the film industry, then yeah. Well, you know what? I like it. I like it. It's very, again, very scrappy. I like it. <laughs> So, by the way, you know, we, we joke and laugh about this, but this is something that's on the podcast. We talk a lot about what to do, because there's a lot of people who don't have a first job, who've never had an experience, or they say, I've been out of a job for so long, or I've only have a certain skill that I can be in one industry. But we joke around about something like this, and you actually have another skill that you haven't actually monetized on or you haven't really tried to make it a commercial i know it's just a joke probably because you probably are not really truly interested in becoming a professional um speech giver. Uh, you know speech giver at, at at a wedding you know so that's something very specific but having said that this is what the brainstorming process looks like for a lot of people and i'd like to encourage people who who feel like when they're stuck and they say oh my gosh particularly for a lot of jandas who feel like they need to reinvent themselves mm -hmm. or to find something that they're good at. This is how you discover, you know, like you, just because no one's paid you in the past for doing jobs that you're actually very good at, doesn't mean that you are not talented in it. Doesn't mean that you don't have, there's no value in that. And um, one way to do it is just put yourself out there. So now, Raya's um, uh, put herself now out there. Public. Now it's public knowledge. Yeah. So then she is Bukapeo uh, in the sense of like, <laughs> whoever, whoever wants to either have a film made. That's actually something that you do. You do actually get approached by people and say, I want to have an idea for a film or I'd like to have, I have a story that I'd like to be turned into a movie and I don't know how to do that. And they approach you. So I prefer that than doing my that. own ideas and doing my own stuff. I prefer people approaching me with their ideas and me helping them to develop it into a better idea and into a script idea and into a script right. eventually. So that is my right. preference. That's amazing. So how does that look? Like, I mean, you sit down with someone and you hear about their story and typically from beginning to end, what does that process look like? Well, usually it's not a story. Usually it's almost always just an idea. They think it's a story, okay. but it's actually just an idea. So okay. it's you have to really go back to basics and really try to talk to the person to get to the essence of what they want to tell. So part of my interview with uh, Luc Besson, the, the best part of uh, his anecdotes was about when he uh, made his first film. And he was so proud he made his first short film. And he asked his friend that was sitting next to him, what did you think? And the guy said, Basically, if you want to continue uh, in this industry, making movies, you need to remember one thing. If you have nothing to say, shut the fuck up. Mm. So it's, it's very important to try to streamline that idea into what is it exactly that you want to tell? What is it that you need to express? And usually uh, it's many things. And 
what we need to understand is film is we are slaves of duration. You have 90 minutes to 120 minutes to say, to tell your story. So you don't have a lot of time. So you have to be very efficient with time. I think that's the most difficult thing when you're writing a synopsis is to really get it to the bare basics. Very simple story, because once you get that straight line, simple story, simple tulang punggung, After that, it's just about filling up, giving it meat, giving it bone, complicating everything. But you always have to start that simple line. And that's very difficult to do. That's the most difficult part of script writing, for me at least. Yes, that name dropping was surreal and absurd. She did say that she interviewed Luc Besson, the internationally acclaimed film director. And she also recently interviewed Sharon Stone. And she's also going to be interviewing Francis Ford Coppola. Actually, you can catch all that on Mola TV Living for all of Raya's interviews. And what can I say? This woman's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's, that's actually very interesting. Like, if you were to look at the arc of like uh, who you were as a young Raya and who you are today, what would you say is the biggest learning you've had um, so far? I don't know about the biggest learning, but what I, how I see myself is people always say that as you get older, you get more set in your ways. I feel quite the opposite. I felt like when I was in my early 20s, I was sort of like, uh, I was such a wanting to be this intellectual snob. Like everything was more rigid, everything like I, I knew it all. And I didn't like certain films because it's trivial. And the older I get, I, I find myself that I'm more relaxed, relaxed, more cares. It's fine. You can do whatever you want. You know, less judgmental, uh, less rigid. I'm more go with the flow now than I was in my 20s. But I think it's very important to uh, be, to have self-knowledge, to be self-aware. So it's it's Mm -hmm. not just like you're, you're going through life and not feeling all the emotions, not feeling all the vulnerabilities all the pain. Um, I think it's important to to know your insecurities, to, to know your um, weaknesses, uh, because if you don't, you, you react. Whatever you're feeling gets confused with your action and can be very destructive. So I think being self-aware is kind of like underrated. And it takes some maturity to be able to have some self-awareness. I mean, you know, it takes some learning and life experience to be able to not be defensive and not to react to many things, right? So yeah, and allowing you yeah. not to be this perfect image that you think people would like to see. There you go, everybody. Life secrets of Raya Makarim, all shelled out here, you know. And um, you can contact her for wedding speeches because it's all golden nuggets from here on out. Oh, and and oh, and I'm, I'm a good psychologist as well. I'm a good therapist. <laughs> Any advice? I should be like a... Uh, unlicensed, unlicensed, but still a good therapist. <laughs> hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Raya. I love hearing more of your suggestions and ideas of what you'd like to hear next. In the meantime, thank you for listening and goodbye for now.